Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Tonight is our last message in our series, Reset. And I want us to look at remaining connected. Why is it so important? Why does it matter? Well, it somewhat brings us full circle to where we started. We began with recovering our why. Why do we do any of this? So we began looking at our mission and our vision as the Well Community Church, which is to make Jesus known so that lives and communities will be transformed. And our vision to see that mission fulfilled is to connect, to grow, to give, and to go. That's kind of our paradigm to make sure that we're on track to fulfilling our mission as a church. But you see, when we get to the end, connect, grow, give, go, and go to where God's called us, it doesn't stop there. In fact, this whole thing isn't as linear as it may seem. It's kind of all over the place, and we need to be connecting as we're going through those other steps as well. But it doesn't mean we're done when we finally go. It means that we begin again. We continue on our journey of connecting, of growing, of giving, and going to make Jesus known so that we will continue to see him change lives and communities. We're continually going around and around and around. And wherever God is placing us in new jobs, in new homes, in new communities, wherever it may be, he's calling us to remain connected. To remain connected to him first and foremost, and then to remain connected with others. You see, if Jesus calls you to go somewhere, if he's leading you somewhere, if he places you somewhere, it's important that you remain connected to him as you discern next steps and as you grow in your relationship with him. But it's also important that you continually connect with others where Jesus has placed you because Jesus has placed you where you are for a reason, for a purpose. You have a part to play. You're invited to join in on what God is doing right where you are. And you know what? This year more than ever has reminded me of the hope that we have in Jesus and the need that we have to be sharing that hope with our neighbors, with our families, with our friends, wherever it is God has placed you. I can't recount how many conversations I've had with people this past year that have said, where are you finding the hope to go on? And I love it because I just say, it's in Jesus. It's not in my family. It's not in my kids. It's not in my marriage. It's not in any of that. It's in Jesus. And if I did not have Jesus this year, I don't know how else I would have gotten through it. So tonight, as we hit reset, as we prepare for what's ahead, for what's to come, as we come out of lockdown, as we begin gathering regularly again, I want us to look at how we can remain connected. And this sermon's actually coming out of something that happened earlier this year. Following our Easter service, Bradley LeBlanc, six years old, asked me an excellent question. We had just participated in communion as a church online via Zoom, and he asked, why do we eat bread to represent Jesus' body? 
What? Why don't we eat meat? If it's supposed to be his body, doesn't that just make sense? And that was just an amazing question that, that really got me thinking. And my first off the top of my head response was that the bread was just simply more accessible to people. It was more common for people to have in their homes and to be able to share with others. But as I continued thinking about that question, sitting with it, wrestling with it, asking Jesus, what is his, its significance? Jesus continued speaking to me about the significance of why he chose bread. You see, Jesus could have chosen anything. He could have chosen anything in his creation to symbolize his body given for us in the new covenant, establishing his enduring presence. But he chose bread and wine, and he did so with intention. By Jesus using the bread, he was bringing together his ministry on earth with his previous revelations in the Old Testament, which he had, which had been preparing people for this moment in history. It was coming together. And a couple of weeks ago, as I talked about remaining generous and bringing our first fruits to God. Well, in the Old Testament, bread and wine were among the first fruits that would have been offered, that would have been sacrificed. Additionally, though, if you're familiar with the Exodus story, where Israel was in bondage and slavery and oppressed by Egypt, you'll recall that God frees them and liberates them from their oppressor. And he provides for them by giving them manna. Or as we'll see in a minute, he provides for them by giving them bread from heaven. And what's incredible from this bread from heaven or bread from the sky is that God was not just providing physical bread for them, but he was providing spiritual nourishment. You see, they had to rely upon God to provide for them during their time in the desert. There was no other option. And their reliance upon God and his provision kept alive their faith and their hope. This daily bread that they received was a constant reminder of God's faithfulness. So now this is Old Testament, and now Jesus comes on the scene. And he's about to blow the minds of the people who understood the significance of the bread and are trying to figure him out, who he was and how he could do these miracles he was doing and make the claims he was making. So in John's Gospel, chapter 6, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with bread and fish. But the people there, the people who ate and were filled, they wanted more. The miracle wasn't enough. So they tracked down Jesus on the other side of the sea the next day, and Jesus responds to them. Jesus answered, You've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs, and for free. In other words, they're missing the point of what Jesus is doing, what God is doing in and through Jesus. So even though they're witnesses to this miraculous event, they were part of it, they're missing out on what's actually happening right in front of their very own eyes. 
Jesus is saying that what matters isn't just what he can do for you, but what truly matters is who Jesus is. You see, the call here and that we're going to see isn't to believe in miracles, nor is it simply to believe in the Bible. Instead, all of these things, miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, healing the sick, the Bible, these are pointing us to and calling us to believe in the person of Jesus. So let's not miss the point of what's happening in front of us. Jesus continues, don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. To that they said, well, what do we have to do then to get in on God's works? Jesus said, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent. That kind of commitment gets you in on God's works. When he says, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent, he's saying, believe in me. Jump in with both feet. Follow me. Follow my way of life. I'm offering you the best life there is. But what matters is that you believe in Jesus. Again, not just in his miracles, not simply for the miracles that we hope for and that we know he can do, but because of who Jesus is. That he is God's sent son, marking God's provision and God's faithfulness. This scripture goes on. They waffled. Why don't you give us a clue about who you are? Just a hint of what's going on. When we see what's up, we'll commit ourselves. Show us what you can do. Moses fed our ancestors with bread in the desert. It says so in the scriptures. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus responded. The real significance of that scripture is not that Moses gave you bread from heaven, but that my father is right now offering you bread from heaven, the real bread. The bread of God came down out of heaven and is giving life to the world. They jumped at that. Master, give us this bread now and forever. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. I've told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. Are you starting to see the significance of the bread? I am the bread of life. I am God's provision. I am God's faithfulness. To you. Jesus goes on, this in a nutshell is that will, that everything handed over to me by the Father completed, not a single detail missed, and at the wrap-up of time I have everything and everyone put together upright and whole. This is what my Father wants, that anyone who sees the Son and trusts who He is 
and what he does and then aligns with him will enter real life, eternal life. My part is to put them on their feet alive and whole at the completion of time. At this, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, the Jews started arguing over him. Isn't this the son of Joseph? Don't we know his father? Don't we know his mother? How can he now say, I came down out of heaven and expect anyone to believe him? Jesus said, don't bicker among yourselves over me. You're not in charge here. The father who sent me is in charge. He draws people to me. That's the only way you'll ever come. Only then do I do my work, putting people together, setting them on their feet, ready for the end. This is what the prophets meant when they wrote, and then they will all be personally taught by God. Anyone who has spent any time at all listening to the Father, really listening and therefore learning, comes to me to be taught personally, to see it with their own eyes, hear it with their own ears from me, since I have it firsthand from the Father. No one has seen the Father except the one who has his being alongside the Father, a.k.a. Jesus. And you can see me. I'm telling you the most solemn and sober truth now. Whoever believes in me has real life, eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna bread in the desert and died. But now here is bread that truly comes down out of heaven. Anyone eating this bread will not die, ever. I am the bread, living bread, who came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live and forever. The bread that I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself, this flesh and blood self. Wow. Do you see the significance of the bread? The, the, the revelation of what God was doing and his provision and faithfulness in the Old Testament now being brought together with Jesus' earthly ministry saying, I am the bread of life. So why do we eat bread for communion? We do so to remember that Jesus is the bread of life. And what's also interesting is that if we were to eat meat for communion, to substitute bread for, for meat, something would have to die. In order to get that meat, there would have to be death. But Jesus is saying, eat this bread of life, feast on me and you will never die. Jesus brings life, not death. Jesus invites you to join him, to follow him, and to live, to truly, truly live with him. And did you know, this is the first of Jesus' I am sayings, which is another way to say what John's gospel says at the very beginning in his opening remarks, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was Jesus, the word of God and the bread of life. So I have to take a moment and ask, do you believe in him? Have you put your trust in him? 
are you remaining connected to him? And are you truly living? It's for this reason that when we gather together as the church, we celebrate communion. And when we used to be able to gather in person, we did it every single week. We would come to the Lord's table, which is open to everyone who is willing to come. Because you see, it reminds us of God's provision and faithfulness. It reminds us of the life that Jesus offers each of us, and it helps us to become present to God's presence, to actually see what he is doing right in front of us. Gathering as the church and centering ourselves around the person of Jesus meets the need, recognized or not, of simply being together. We are made for relationship with Jesus and with one another. Church, please don't miss out on what Jesus is doing right in front of you. Don't miss out on the spiritual nourishment that Jesus offers and the life that Jesus offers you today. It doesn't matter what's gone on in your past. It doesn't matter your status, orientations, race, ethnicity. What matters is that you recognize Jesus as the bread of life and reach out and ask for his grace and his forgiveness, which he promises to extend to everyone, including you. May our prayer be the words from verse 34. Jesus, give us this bread now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you for this bread of life. God, thank you for Bradley, who asked such a rich question without even recognizing how much depth and significance there was. God, may you open our eyes to your son, Jesus, and may we accept the bread of life that he offers so that we will never go hungry. God, if we simply just eat the bread and the fish that we have available to us, we'll go hungry again. But may we feast on you. Give us this life that you offer now and forever. In your name we pray. Amen.